feel the rhythm. The highlight of your week has arrived, Andrew. Yes, it has. Feel the rhyme. I don't know how to say your Instagram handle, so I'm not even going to try. Get on up. It's 11 o'clock on a Saturday. We all know what that means. That you're probably keeping me from watching a Liverpool game? Yep. It's podcast time. Andrew, we're back. It's 2020. It feels like it's been a month since we've talked. Yeah, it's been a while. And we had to change the days we record, so it's really weird. Like, I'm drinking coffee, not beer. Yes. It's strange. Yeah, and yeah, part of that's my fault. Not really my fault. It's AT&T's fault. AT&T, we're going to have words. So I've moved. So for, for, <laughs> for people that are wondering what the hell we're talking about, I moved here within the last week, which, let me tell you, moving around the holidays, oh, it's just, it's as hellacious as you would think it would be. And uh, so I finally get in my apartment, and we had it set up that we were going to record this week. And I was supposed to have my cable installed on Monday. And I get a phone call from AT&T. Hey, you know, there's been some sort of engineering problem. <laughs> and... Um, we're going to have to push back the install date to Wednesday the 8th. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's fine. I'm off on Wednesdays. That's not a big deal. I can make that work. And I get an email then on Wednesday saying like, oh, you know, it was a tentative schedule. It's actually not going to be Wednesday. And now it will be January 23rd. So we went from the 6th to the 8th to the 23rd. I'm not really sure how that happens. Sons like, what of bitches. The, what could have gone wrong? So I was like, well, well, Andrew, I'm sorry, man. I don't have cable. In my apartment, I have decent cell service, but not great. So we were talking about like how we could do this on the phone, and it just wasn't going to work. So, um, yeah, here I am. I'm dog-sitting for my parents. Actually, I can hear one of them barking right now, and I'm using their internet. So, yeah, we're back to... S- well, it's going to be Saturdays. It's a Sunday, so back to recording in the morning like we used to back in the old days. Yeah. All right. So, you uh, you ready for this new year? New year, new Adam. No, 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 new year, new Adam. I've gotten away from that, but I am ready for the new year. 2019 sucked running wise, and um, it's like now that I'm in my new place and. I, I'm much closer to areas where I like to run. I'm I'm literally a five minute drive from the Calga Valley, which is just it's gold as a runner. I'm uh, I'm very much looking forward to this trip that I'm about to take to go visit my siblings, but I'm looking forward to getting back and getting back finally into a running routine. How about you? You're you're kind of picking up in a you're picking up off a, a really good late 2019. You feeling ready to roll? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, gonna start. Next week, um, I, I it's kind of going to start this week because this is going to be the week that like the the routine begins, right? As far as uh, getting into training for Glass City at the end of April, uh, but yeah, I'm you know I'm looking forward to picking up, but I you know kind of I'm trying to stay in that happy place that I've been in with running and not trying to get too goal oriented and focused. Um, I, I do, I do have, um, I mean, I do have a goal in running, right. but I, I don't want to be so 
focused on the exponential leaps. I right. think that's that's where I I've fallen into uh, some bad mental and emotional habits in running. And so I'm just, I'm trying to keep it reasonable. Um, and I think, yeah, I think you could build off a good 2019 and uh, take it into 2020, try to keep this happy place, which I'm going to talk about a little bit, what my training plan is going to look like okay. uh, to kind of keep me there uh, here in a minute. But um, yeah, my, my goal, uh, it, while I said I'm not going to be too goal focused is I want to reset my entire PR board with new PRs from nice. this year. Nice. So whether it's one second or five minutes, I want to reset all of it. So um, that's that's going to be my goal. 5K, 8K, 10K, half and full. Let's. I'm gonna. I'm gonna throw new numbers up there. So. That's uh, I like, yeah. Well, what about you goal, goal wise? Like, what do you, besides just getting into a routine? I mean, is there anything you're looking at, you know, internally, externally uh, for this year? So I, I've got, I've got really a short term goal and a long term goal. Um, and, and a lot of this comes out of, you know, I started returning to running, I think in October and it, it's been kind of varied and, and, with the holidays and the move, just any progress and routine that I'd built up kind of went out the window. I haven't run now in a couple of weeks, and I'm fine with it. I just really haven't had the time. Um, and so there was this, I was going to look to really try to do something in the spring, and I'm just not there yet. Like, realistically, it's it's January 12th. I haven't run consistently, like, really consistently, like, training for a race consistently in, in 10 months now, which is... yeah hard for me to fathom there's been a lot of running in between but like consistent you know race training i haven't done and so kind of the just the realization that i made over the holidays was you know reestablish that foundation when i say you know get into a routine there is the whole like when you haven't been running consistently and you don't have to block out that time for yourself you know five six days a week it is still a little hard to kind of get back into it then and I was struggling with that. And I was a pretty decent place before the holidays hit. But like I said, I got derailed a little bit. So really the short-term goal is just to reestablish the foundation, to get back to where I was in 2018 and even early last year. You have to have a foundation under you. You don't just start going out and running and, and hit that sort of mileage without a foundation under you. And, and right. after 10 months, I don't have that. So that's really a short-term goal is just you know get myself back into that routine of running four or five days a week, but, you know, more importantly, establish a foundation of strength, uh, establish a, a, a mileage foundation, feel strong so that when I really start to tackle race training, I'm in a good spot. I'm not, right. I'm not dealing with, you know, am I putting too much on my body? And so that's really the, the short-term goal. I don't have really a spring race in mind. I'm not sure that I'm going to do a major spring race. I might do some of the towpath stuff around the area, some smaller stuff that I can just go to and you know, not have to worry about logistics, just show up and run, park my car somewhere, walk to the start line, show up and run. And then really the longer term goal is something in the fall. And I've got a range of dates anywhere from the Erie Marathon, which would be earlier September, all the way down to Columbus. And Erie is appealing to me if I can get myself there because it's 
probably the last big race that is run in, in our area before the next Boston window opens. And, and right. I, ha- I haven't shied away from that being a goal. We talk about that plenty on here. I'd love to be able to, you know, to drop something there and, you know, be able to, to BQ and, and try for a third straight, you know, registration window and hopefully the third time's the charm. But if I don't feel like I'm there, you know, if, if April hits and I just don't feel like I'm there, push it back. You know, do something like the Towpath Marathon or the Columbus Marathon and give myself an extra, I don't know what it would be, six or seven weeks maybe, and do it there. But be able to run a fall marathon the way that I want to. Yeah. You know, strong and competitive and going for the time that I want. And, and I, I'm shooting now for a sub three time. That's the big goal that I have. So I figure that gives me anywhere from nine to ten months to get there. And I'm completely fine with that timeline. Um, it took me a while to kind of get out of the shape that I'm to, to where I'm at now. And I'm completely fine with it taking time to build up there. But that's that's really the big 2020 goal. All right. Yeah. 2020 goals. Well, it takes training to hit yes. those goals. So today we're going to talk about uh, different types of training plans, I guess, different ways to train is probably the better way to put it. Yeah. Uh, where we're going to talk a little bit about what like maybe our training plans typically look like. Uh, and then we're going to kind of maybe delve into hiring a running coach uh, and just where maybe you and I get our running information from, like how do we develop a training plan? Right. Right. Uh, and kind of some of the information that we do follow. I think one thing that's important though, uh, and uh, training is not, there is no tried and true uh, way for everybody to train. And I think sometimes people can, I think in the running community, sometimes we can think my way is the best way. And that simply isn't the case. Uh, And, Yesterday, it was ironic as I was typing up our outline for today, which one was ironic that I was the one doing it. <laughs> yeah, you, you texted me yesterday as I'm on my way to work, and you know, usually I'm the one doing the outlines, and I've just kind of dropped the ball there just with the week that it's been with the move, and you're like, do we have an outline for tomorrow? And I was like, nope, and I'm about to walk into work, so we'll figure it out. <laughs> so I, I put one together, and as I was doing it, uh, a tweet from Brad Stolberg, uh, who's one that we talk about often yes. uh, had popped up. And I just thought this was so important to talk about going into today. Uh, the tweet is, and you can find Brad Stolberg at B Stolberg on Twitter. There is no best diet. There is no best workout plan. There is no best routine for productivity. Anyone who says otherwise is usually trying to sell something. Don't take them too seriously. Find something that works for you and be consistent. That's all there is to it. Yeah. That just is so perfect for what we're talking about today because you and I, we, we train very differently. I mean, I I shared an article with you that maybe I'm not going to go to the extreme of that article, but it's kind of where I've been when I've been most successful Mm -hmm. in running. And uh, it's kind of a less is more approach. Whereas you follow Hanson's, which is really the opposite of that. Yeah. Uh, so it, and they each work for us. Yes. So, uh, 
Yeah, there's not a try one tried and true method to get you to a start line healthy and get you to a PR and get you to a BQ or whatever your goal is. Well, I think something that it's really important there in that tweet is he says, find what works for you. Mm-hmm. And that one is that takes experimentation. Right. And what comes with experimentation is people have to recognize that there's going to be, you know, times when you experiment and it doesn't work out. And you don't want to get frustrated with that because, I mean, that's that's part of what experimentation is. I was I, I told you before we got on here, I was sitting looking at my phone, just kind of going through some of my online follows, trying to see, like, who do I really follow that's really good to look at? And I was pleasantly surprised by how few people in the field now that I follow, because for a long time, I was the opposite. I was kind of read everything and try everything and look at everything. Right. Like I, you know, I have subscribed to runner's world for a lot of years and I would look at different articles in the magazines. There were different websites that it's subscribed to, and I would be printing out stuff left and right. And, you know, the problem is you can start getting overloaded with information. Yeah. And I think part of why I just settled with Hanson's is that one is I found that it worked. And once I found something that worked, it was like, why change this? Why feel that anything needs to change? Obviously, you want to make little tweaks here and there to make things a little more, um, you know, just try to get a little more variety out of your training to try to test yourself just a little bit more, like once you settle into it. But I found something that works for me. Yeah. There's no reason whatsoever to mess with that. I've run two very good marathons during using that plan. And so I that's when I started getting the process of, Get rid of all the extraneous stuff. Right. So what is Hanson's I, – I know we've talked about this before. Yeah. Uh, but it was probably about a year ago. It was. So uh, it's probably on YouTube and not available on – The old, uh, old pod- Yeah. So uh, explain a little bit about Hanson's. Now, I know you also went from, like, the intermediate to the advanced. Yeah. So I, but I'm just, uh, you know, just to kind of let people who may not be familiar with Hanson's into it, like what, what does that look like? So Hanson's, so Hanson's are, are known throughout kind of like the running community by people who don't really look at their plans as the, the short long run guys. Uh, and this goes back to a runner's world article about their training plan where, you know, the, Basically, like the title of the article is about how you can run a marathon running only 16 miles as in your long run, which is a lot of people do 20, they do 22. What Hanson's is, is the, the basic idea behind their training plan is that they feel a lot of recreational training plans for people that you know work five days a week and have their weekends off are, they're incorrectly designed because it puts a lot of mileage on runners during the weekends. And... Part of what they claim is that by having people run so much of their weekly mileage over the course of just two days during the weekend, they get injured because they're doing too much during that time. And so what Hanson's does is, one, is you run six days a week, which is a commitment. It's a huge commitment. Uh, Part of when I say that I want to get into a routine, I'll tell you right now, I couldn't be running six days a week right now because after having not run consistently for so long, the idea of having to make time for myself over six days a week isn't something that really feels great. <laughs> I prefer to 
slowly build it. And, you know, I'm not race training right now, so I don't need to run six days a week. But that's one. And then two is that they have what they call three quality workouts a week. The long run, which almost any runner knows about. Then they do speed work, and then they do tempo work. And the mileage around those three quality workouts is a little bit longer. So instead of maybe doing shorter runs for your speed work and your tempo work and then a really long, long run, it's you're going to do a shorter long run, but your speed work and your tempo work is going to be a longer workout. And that's a little bit harder for um, for people on a five workday schedule because, you know, for two of those days, your days might basically revolve around going to work, coming home, getting in your, your run, which I think at the furthest during my training plans, the tempo run, the total mileage that day is 13 miles. Two-mile warm-up, one-mile cool-down, 10-mile tempo run. That's a commitment. Right. That's a couple-hour commitment right there. But what it all builds up to is you tend to run longer mileage over the course of the week than most recreational training plans that I've seen. And running volume is basically what gets you ready to handle the marathon. And they're, basically their plan is or their goal is that you're not going to hit the wall. Yeah, And I, I can tell you, I feel pretty fresh. I have felt pretty fresh during my marathons using that plan. So it works for me. It is a commitment running six days a week. And it is definitely a commitment knowing that for two days a week, I know that my day is essentially going to revolve around work and running and not much else. Yeah. And so it, it works for me. It, it wouldn't work for everybody. And I've been pretty open about that with you on here is that yeah. I understand people that don't do it because it is a commitment for those two reasons. So I'm the exact opposite. You, so you design I, your plans. I do. I do. I, you know, and <laughs> so what's funny is the last year for Columbus, I wrote out, I mean, I was, I was diligent with it. Um, you know, I, I try to periodize the training. So I have, you know, certain of like a block of weeks that is developed or designed towards, um, you know, different types of speed work or strength training or whatever, I'll kind of, so that I'm focusing on certain parts of my training for a period of time and then I can move on. Um, but I, I, so I worked on this training plan for weeks going into Columbus. I threw it out after like three weeks. Uh, cause I was, I was just struggling. You know, you remember how I was struggling with those long runs, uh, on the weekends and, uh, I, I kind of went back to basics because one, I needed to because I was not, I was where you are now, right? When I was really starting to get back into Columbus training, uh, but I also started to kind of look back and think about where I was when I set my PR, when I really felt like I was in great shape and I was enjoying running and I was enjoying the process and it was when I was taking a little bit of a less is more approach. Right. And I actually, the other day happened to stumble across an article that I shared with you from runner's world, um, about, uh, two gentlemen named Bill Pierce and Scott Murr. And before I go into kind of what they talk about in this article, uh, these dudes both are sub two forty five marathoners Yep, and they've run, dozens of marathons each. So this isn't coming from people who, you know, are just out to finish or anything like that. This is from very, very fast runners mm -hmm. uh, who have taken their training down to three runs a week. Now 
I'm not going to do that because I think three might be a little low for me. But uh, you know, taking training, I think sometimes when you're when you're just trying to put on miles, it, it you're you might be putting on empty miles, and that's kind yeah. of what they had found was maybe you weren't putting in the quality you needed. Therefore, it wasn't it wasn't benefiting you in any way. Right. It was pushing you closer to burnout and pushing you closer to injury. So why not remove those empty miles and replace them with some type of cross training or strength training? And it worked for these gentlemen. They found that their times in every distance were staying right around their PR, despite only running three days a week. Right. So I think to, for me, I'm, I'm going to get back to looking at, you know, four days a week of good quality runs. Uh, you know, there'll still be a good easy run in there, especially following a long run, but just focusing on good quality workouts, not, not focusing on, you know, some of the, some of the other miles that maybe aren't as beneficial as they could be, especially for me who, you know, I, I know I'm not the only runner who has a kid. Many runners do. Yeah. But, you know, I, I have I have a kid and I and I work full time and my wife and I our work schedules are staggered, so it's difficult sometimes to find the time to run. So removing that pressure from myself, kind of taking a less is more approach and giving myself more of a guideline as to what my workouts need to be each week, as opposed to scheduling them every day and being that rigid with it. That's kind of where I'm at this time around. And uh, I, I think it's going to help me keep that enjoyment in running that I've had and the enjoyment in working out. It's not just running. I mean, I've, I've been enjoying going to the gym and, uh, and, and lifting and doing other things that have you know, really allowed me to feel uh, stronger when I'm able to run. And that, that's, the, that's the approach I'm taking, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, had a, I did have a work change happen as well recently, which I think is going to be awesome. I'm moving to four tens and I'm going to have Fridays off three day weekends. Um, I really wanted Mondays off cause I hate Sundays with like, yeah, whatever it might be. But man, when Thursday's your Friday. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be cool. really good too. It's going to be cool. I'm not, yeah. I, I'm definitely going to be okay with that, but I just hate Sundays. Like five o'clock tonight. I'm going to, be like, I just want to relax, but we got to finish meal prepping. We got to, I want to get the house tidied up so we don't have to do that all week. And you know, you start to hit this, like you want to enjoy the last few hours of your weekend, but you got to get ready for the week. And they're just awful. It's so funny because with the different schedules you and I are on, this is my Friday. My night's going to, my work week's going to end tonight somewhere, probably around 1030. And I'm going to walk out of there and my schedule is a little different this week because I, I I'm working tomorrow because I'm going to be off you know all I'm going to be off Wednesday through like next Monday, right. but um, it's so funny because tonight like I know what you're talking about though when I was teaching when Sunday night hit it was like oh yeah God why I want to I want to hit on two things that you brought up and what you were talking about that I think just you kind of hit the nail on the head with how our plans are different and why that's important. You talked about one, it helps you continue to have that enjoyment of running. I wouldn't do well with what you do. You wouldn't do well with what I do. 
and what matters is that you and I both enjoy what, what we do. I enjoy what I do with right. my training. You enjoy what you do with your training. You talked about how it makes running fun for you. Um, when I'm really going hard at it and I'm running in the middle of a Hanson's program, I feel like I'm pushing myself and I get enjoyment out of that. And if you're going to run, you might as well enjoy it. You want to enjoy it. If, you're, if any plan that you're doing has you dreading the workouts yeah. that you're going to do, not that, not that it's uncommon to occasionally hit a workout and be like, oh, man, this is going to suck today. That <laughs> right. happens. But if your plan consistently has you not enjoying what you're doing, guys, you don't have to, you don't have to be going out and doing this program because your friends are doing it or because it's the hot thing you read about in runner's world. Find something that works for you. If it doesn't make it enjoyable, it's, just don't do it. And I think, too, is it works. They work for our schedules. I've been yeah. open about it before that my life, you know, when I eventually, you know, have kids down the road, Hanson's is probably not going to work for me. It works for me now. I'm going to get everything out of it that I can, but I'm not going to force the issue down the road because it's going to make me then not enjoy running. So that's probably the biggest thing that people need to be looking at is go out and experiment, but find those things that work for you, that fit into your schedule, that make it fun for you. Yeah, I think if you're forcing it, I think that's where it can it, – now you're going – like you said, you're going to force in, in certain ones. Like there are times – like no matter what, inevitably you're going to have workouts that – in weeks that are forced, whether it's yeah. vacation or whatever it might be. You're going to have there, – there are going to be times that are more difficult to um, make it work, but – if you were doing that for 14 or 15 weeks, 16 yeah. weeks, yeah. you know, it's like you're you're not going to enjoy it. You're not going to enjoy the process. Like we, we talked right before we came on air about, um, you know, how that's that's kind of what I went through when I was training for Columbus in what, 2015, I think it was. Yeah. And – uh I put this awesome training cycle together. I, I thought, and you know, I did. I think I I maybe missed four workouts the whole time. Like I was just on everything. I I thought I felt good, but I was I was more exhausted than I've ever been in my life. Right. And um, and I got to Columbus that day, and I I don't think while I was hitting all my workouts. I was not in race condition that day. Like, I think I broke my body down because I was, I was doing too much for myself. I, I went away from what had worked for me in the past where I was focused on maybe just four or five workouts a week. I mean, I was putting in six or eight, like I was doing two a days at least once a week during that training. Yeah. And, uh, it, it, it totally bit me in the ass. Like it, it was my only, I, I finished the half that day, uh, with, I think is my worst half marathon time. I'd have to go back and look, but, uh, you know, I, so I finished a half that day, but it was my first race that I've not completed what I signed up for in my right. only one to this day. And it was because I, I, I tried to, I tried to do too much and it, and I forced it all in for so long. It was not enjoyable for me. Right. You and know, one of the – I'm sorry. Go ahead and finish. Oh, I was just going to say it's no wonder it took me so long to 
get back to where I am now. I mean, right. years. Yeah. Well, sure, because if it's not enjoyable, like, you just don't feel that drive to go out there. It was one right. of the reasons why I think I ended up taking off three months last year was I just felt like I went for three or four months of I wasn't consistently running or training every day. was like, huh, I wonder what's going to hurt today. And you just get to a point where it's like, this isn't fun. Like, I'm not going out there right. and running. I'm going out there and crossing my fingers and hoping that I'm feeling okay or I'm managing the pain. And that's not what I do. That's not why I enjoy this. And it just, I got to that point where I was like, nope, just got to back off, man. Yeah. And it was great. It, it was really great. I missed it. But yeah. it was great for those three months not to have to worry about that. Something I was going to say was I learned a really big lesson last year. You know, I, I found what worked for me with Hanson's and I used their beginner program for my PRs in 2018. And, you know, if you if you get their book and look at their beginner program, it's it's not really appropriately named. Their beginner program is no joke. You have to have probably had some racing experience under your belt to be able to tackle it. But I ran it so well, I thought, you know, they have this advanced program. It doesn't look like it's that much of a step up. I'm going to do that. And doing the advanced program, I, I don't I don't think it's why I ended up getting injured. I think I just had some sort of weakness somewhere, and, and that's what really led me getting injured. But I also think that I maybe was a little too quick to get away from what had worked for me so well the year before. You know, the beginner program worked, and I I enjoyed the running. I felt like I was balancing very nicely that that fine line of it not being too hard, but also not being too easy. And I look back on it now and go, you know, I don't know that I necessarily really needed to kick it up that extra notch. Uh, Scott Fobble was talking about this uh, on a podcast that I listened to, and for the life of me now, I can't remember it. But he was talking about you know his breakthrough performance last year at Boston, and he said you know he really didn't train all that differently from what he had done when he ran well at New York the year before that. He said you know we found this plan that worked, you know why really mess with that? Right. So really, like what they they just kind of ran back what they did for New York. They you know they made the little tweaks that you make if you're going to be you know if you're professional, you're going to train specifically for the course you're running on. And New York is fairly flat and Boston's, you know, obviously well known for being hilly. So they added those tweaks. But beyond that, he said, Hey, we pretty much did the same thing. And he really credited that for being why he was successful. So, you know, as I'm looking at this year, I don't, I don't really think that I'm going to be going back to what I was doing last year. I think I'm going to go back to what I did in 2018 when I ran so well, just get myself back to, I can run this because, you know, the really big difference between the beginner and the advanced program is that with the beginner program, you really base build for the first maybe six or seven weeks. And then it's really like it's an 18 week program, but it's really 12 weeks of very hard running. And then your taper and the advanced program, it's more like 17 weeks of really hard running. And you know what? The half marathon programs that I'd followed in years past when I ran well were basically 12 week, really hard programs. It might just be that my body is just kind of like that's the sweet spot. Twelve yeah. really hard weeks and then race. And why would I want to go beyond that? You know, you don't want to show up and be the fittest guy not at the start line. Right. And, and that's a lesson that I learned the hard way. I was gonna say something to piggyback off that and I forget what it was. 
You'll think of it as soon as we stop recording. Probably. Yeah. Oh, I think what I was going to say was, you know, when you're following the the same plan, you know, you find what works for you and you, you follow it. I, I think there's maybe a, but I want to get better. You're yeah. going to. You're just not, if you continue to put in the work. Yeah. Those, those paces are going to change. Yeah. You know, you're still going to get better. Uh, there will come a point where you plateau and, uh, you know, this kind of maybe moves us into this next topic. Uh, cause it's something that I've been interested in and I've, I've looked into, I haven't done it and I, I'm going to kind of see where I am after glass city. Right. Uh, but hiring a running coach, um, that's something that's, that a lot of people have done. Uh, it's so easy now with, uh, you know, the, just the interwebs in general make it so possible. And just, I mean, they, they can be based out of anywhere. And I, I really yep. hear good things. When I was running with uh, Erica Gennaro uh, a couple weeks ago, she was talking about uh, her coach and she talks about him like he's a great friend. I don't think they've ever met in person, mm-hmm. you know, but um, is, is that anything that you've ever looked into or done or thought about doing is hiring a running coach instead of just doing it on your own? I've thought of it. And I think if I continue to struggle this year, it's something that I might look at just to see if another set of eyes can help me get back to where I want to be. Yeah. Um, it's not something that I've thought of yet. I think partly because in the years that haven't gone well, I was usually able to figure out why they hadn't gone well. Um, and when things have gone well, they've gone I mean, pretty well. And I don't really struggle keeping myself accountable. I think that's one area where a coach really helps. If you're finding it hard to keep yourself accountable, having mm-hmm. just somebody else that's there that can kind of make sure that you are sticking with the workouts you're supposed to be doing and, and providing those updates for you would be really beneficial. It's not an issue that I've had, but there's also been that thought. Even after I ran a couple of years ago when I ran so well, there was that thought of, I do wonder if another set of eyes on my training could get me more out of what I want to do. Yeah, you brought up accountability. I think sometimes accountability, I think this is where a running coach, this is where I've thought of it. It's not necessarily the accountability of did you do your workout today? It's are you doing the right workouts? Yeah. You know, I I think we, you know, we're runners. Uh, One thing that I have noticed, it's kind of a cycle for me is, over the winter months, I will do a lot more strength training because I find myself at the gym on the treadmill a lot more. Mm-hmm. And to kind of break up the monotony of that, like I'll do like four miles. I'll go hit uh, – I'll hit weights for a little bit. And, and when I say a little bit, I, runners, we don't need to put in like an hour of lifting or an hour and a half. Like I'll do like 20 to 30 minutes of lifting. Yeah. And focus on one part of my body. And then I'll hop back on the treadmill for a few miles. So over the winter, I'll be doing that and I'll, I'll feel myself getting stronger. But as the weather turns and I'm not f- maybe forced to be on the treadmill as much, uh, I, the strength training totally falls off for me mm-hmm. to maybe nothing besides maybe some planks or something here or there. Uh, but I mean, it's basically non-existent uh, once the, the weather turns. And so I think like accountability in that aspect that's, hey, dude, you don't need to be 
putting in eight miles this day, you need to be going to the gym and putting in like four and then strength training, because that's going to mean way more to you in your body, in your race performance than those extra miles you put on the street. So I think there's, there's a couple different types of accountability you can gain. Not just, did you show up and do any type of workout, but are you doing the correct one? Well, I, I think the other thing too is go back to what we said at the beginning when we talked about you need to experiment and you need to you know, find what works for you. If you're newer and you're finding it hard, you know, much like I did when I was newer and I was just trying to read everything, if you're finding it hard to figure out what works for you, it might benefit you to have, you know, somebody who is more experienced who can, you know, kind of look at your training and say, oh, well, you're struggling with being injured. Let's look at how many miles you're doing. Oh, you're, you're doing these really long runs and you're not doing much quality work beyond that and you don't strength train. You know, it's kind of old hat for you and me now because we've been doing this for so long. We kind of instinctively know like if you're going to up mileage, you've got to make sure that you're getting strong. You know, you don't want to ignore your strength training. You do a lot of stretching. I do a lot of mobility. But somebody who's newer or doesn't have that background, maybe isn't quite as serious, maybe doesn't know those things. Right. And there's so much you can get out of running. But, you know, the hard thing about running is you've got to be healthy to do it. And I think that helps. So much of training can be counterintuitive because you, you you think uh, we should just run, right? We just need to run, right? And you know, you think about you think about the advice that a lot of people get early on in running, which is just you know, mileage matters, and it does. You've got to have a mileage base if you want to do something. But after you've maybe nailed those first couple of races, you know, you have to start thinking about just adding on mileage and thinking about like. How can I be faster? If you just train to run long and slow, you're going to race long and slow. Yeah. But how many people realize that? And you have now this media culture where, you know, you're not necessarily getting the best advice. You're getting the stuff that sells. You're getting the hot click, you know, items. And that doesn't necessarily lead itself to what Brad Stolberg was talking about, consistency. Right. So it's hard. I think that's where a coach is beneficial because you will have a coach that hopefully, and you have to, you have to kind of know what questions to ask a coach to probe for, you know, what their training ideas are. Are they consistent? Are they bouncing around from new idea to new idea? But having somebody who can take kind of that bigger picture approach and come to you with, no, you don't, you don't really need to try all the new stuff. You just need to be consistent and work on your mileage. That helps a ton. Yeah, there's one dude I follow on Twitter. His name's mm-hmm. Kyle Cranes. I follow him uh, too. Oh, do you? I do. He's, yeah. He seems like that's the only guy that I've looked at and gone, I would let him coach me. Yeah, he's got great stuff. Yeah, and he he shares a lot from his coaching, mm-hmm. screen grabs of his chats with his runners and stuff. I'm like, this dude's just legit. Uh. And he, I did actually, I messaged him a few months back uh, to see, because he, you know, markets himself as a plant-based coach. And I was like, do you only coach vegan (laughs) runners? And he doesn't. He'll coach anyone. Right. Uh, But I I was, that that was kind of a concern of mine. So I I told him, I was like, 
he was asking kind of what I was doing, uh, like even giving me free advice. I'm not paying him for anything. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He was offering some free advice and, you know, kind of seeing where I was at. And I told him, Hey, let me, let me get through this training in the spring. Let me run this glass city marathon. And I kind of want to see where I'm at. I want to see if it's, you know, when I get done with glass city and I'm going to be good to say, I'm just going to sit right here. I'm going to be content with where I'm at and I'm just going to run it through the fall. Or am I going to get done with glass city and go, all right, I'm ready to get back to like serious training and getting, I want to take, the next step again, do if that's where I want to be, I'm going to hire Kyle. And I'm going to let him take me through uh, Columbus in the fall. Uh, but if I'm good, just like sitting where I'm at, I'm just going to do the same thing for another few months. But yeah, he, he's a legit dude. I think he's worth a follow. He gives a ton of really good advice uh, out for free uh, to everybody. And yeah, he seems like the type of dude, if I was going to hire a coach, I'd, I'd hire him in a heartbeat. think you brought up a really good point too that he doesn't just coach vegan and the good coaches are going to be adaptable Mm -hmm. you know and even Hanson's you know for as much as they're talked about as you know having the short long run and the high mileage they are right now coaching Dathan Ritzenheim who has always struggled with some injuries and they adapted their program to him I think specifically for Boston this year, where they kind of were looking at that he might be similar to me, where it's like he doesn't need an 18 weeks of really high mileage. He needs eight weeks of really high mileage. And so they adapted their program to him. It's different from what they've been doing in the past, but that's kind of the hallmark of a coach. If you, if you start talking to a coach and the coach goes, well, you know, my program is, you know, you have to run six days a week and it's going to be high mileage. And you're thinking, that doesn't work for me. Just because the person <laughs> is an expert... Don't go with that. Find somebody, find somebody who's going to fit to what you're going to do. It's no different from picking a training plan. Right. You know, a good set of eyes on your training is a good thing, but you don't want somebody who's trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. I do think if you are, if you don't have the, uh, the wherewithal to develop your own training plans, or you don't maybe do the research or you don't know what you're looking for. I think if you are just Google searching marathon training plans and you're going to images and you're grabbing, (laughs) you're just grabbing a picture of something to print off and hang on your fridge. I think at that point you should probably spend the money on a coach because I think that you should have somebody who can guide you in the right direction for a plan. Uh, Not just something that's going to, Cause that, that's not going to work for everyone. Like your body isn't going to work for the top search result on Google every time. Right. So having somebody who can kind of guide you through that, guide you through the, if you don't have somebody to kind of mentor you, like I was fortunate enough when I started running my brother, uh, he was able to kind of mentor me and help me find a marathon training plan. I went with something very similar to what he used. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you know, we're, we're brothers. So we kind of assume our bodies are going to be somewhat similar, especially for the first time, uh, you know, where, where you're not maybe putting in all the crazy workouts. You're just trying to get to the start line healthy and finish the race. Right. Uh, but I, I had him to kind of mentor me 
if you don't have that, you, you need to have that. Uh, I think that's very important. Or else you're just kind of throwing shit against the wall and hoping it sticks. And that's not a way that it's too much time invested. It's too much sweat invested. It's just too much work that you're doing to just hoping you get lucky selecting the right training plan for you. I think the other thing that I'll add into now as I work more and more on my strength training is that if you're going to follow a strength program and every runner should try to find a program where the people that have developed it are not just talking about why it's important, but are walking you through some of the exercise cues. Uh, I go to the gym and especially now with a lot of people getting out with New Year's resolutions. And Which is I, fine. It's totally good and acceptable, it is, Adam. It is 100% acceptable. I, I still just go later at night, and luckily most people don't want to go later at night, so it works for me. Um, it's totally fine. But what I do see is a lot of people doing exercises with just really bad form, and it's... yeah. It, it's like running with bad form. If you want to get the most out of it, you want to know what you're doing. And so like two years ago when I uh, was really starting to focus on strength training, I followed a program created by a guy named, well, created by two guys, Jay Johnson and Richard Hansen. Richard Hansen is a chiropractor who practices, I believe, out in Colorado. And Jay Johnson has worked with professionals. He was a college coach for a while. I think he's transitioned out to just working privately with clients, but they put their programs on YouTube and you can still find these programs. Um, they were called the strength and mobility program, Sam. And if you like, if you go to YouTube and type in Sam phase one, Sam phase two, they had programs for easy days, programs for hard days. And what was nice is that one, the phase one, phase two, etc. they were progressive. If you were just new to strength training, you know, you'd want to start at phase one or phase two it was the easiest stuff. But if you watch the videos, they would specifically say, like, this is what you should be trying to do with this exercise. These are the things to watch for. Right. And that's good because a lot of if you're new to exercise, you don't know how to do it. If you want to do just something basic like a plank, but you don't know how to draw in and hold your body in the right way, you're not going to get the benefit from it. And you can hurt yourself. Yes. That, yeah. See, that's, that's one reason I talk about machines a lot. I stay on the machines a lot because I'm – terrified to injure myself yeah so today i'm going to the gym with a buddy from work uh who he's a bit of a meathead uh but, but he's a good dude uh he's I, he's going with me today because he i want i asked him if he'd kind of help show me like really all right i want to i want to get to like truly developing stronger shoulders and arms like those are the areas i need to work on because that's where i struggle as a runner Mm -hmm. and uh so he's he's gonna kind of show me the ropes on a few other workouts so i can you know make sure i have the proper form that i'm maximizing each rep and that i'm taking advantage I, i'm gonna take advantage of having a friend who can show me how to do something the right way absolutely and, and i'm not stuck on these machines that while they're good they won't round out those muscles you're you're focusing on such specific parts of them uh, but you're kind of locked into one motion, so you're not really able to uh, to to complete the workout. I guess would be the best way to put it. Uh, so 
yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to that. Find people who can mentor you. Yeah. So if you're gonna be about Oh, no, go ahead. I was gonna say if you ever look at our Instagram stories or my Instagram story, you'll see me sometimes post uh, my workout for the night when I go to the gym. And it's it's legitimately a piece of paper, and it's from workouts that are now developed by a, a he's a physical therapist named Jay DeSherry. But the book that I have for him, one is he has the workouts, and again, they're progressive, just like the previous ones that I mentioned were. But he talks about, uh, he actually gives like form cues that you need to be watching for. And the piece of paper that I post isn't just the workout, it's specific cues, things that I know I struggle with. Yeah. And it's like, that. I carry that with me when I'm going to workout, because I'll keep track of my sets and my reps and what my weight was for that day, because I'm trying to slowly get stronger over time. But like if I'm going to do you know weighted hip thrusts where I'm going to be you know lifting maybe up to 200 pounds, that's the sort of thing that hurts you if you don't do it right. And so I'll before I sit down for as many times as I've done this now, I'll still sometimes look at those cues. Okay, make sure that you're drawing in, make sure that you're bracing yourself, make sure that when you're lifting, you're squeezing with your glutes and you're not like feeling it in your back at all because that's how you strain it back. And that, that's just so vital because you know if you don't have a friend like you have, Andrew that can show you those ropes you, you want to you want to do these things to make sure that you're getting healthy but you don't want to hurt yourself because you start adding weights or you know speed into something yeah it's easy to get hurt real fast i just want to point out for all the ladies out there that adam said he does weighted hip thrusts at That's 200 true. pounds oh yes you can find I, him at wheels at up wheels. and <laughs> I'll be waiting for those follows to roll in. Oh, sliding into those DMs. <laughs> oh, I was at work yesterday. And, you know, working in the restaurant industry, you you work with a younger crowd. And one of the servers I was working with said some sort of phrase in, in regards to sliding into dms and something else and i if this was a phrase i had never i've heard of sliding into your dms it was a phrase i'd never heard of and i just looked at them and I'm like what the hell are you talking about i've never heard that before and this caused the server to just go into these fits of hilarious laughter and i'm like all right i'm just i'm old i'm gonna accept that i'm gonna just kind of shrug my shoulders and walked away <laughs> Oh, sad Adam walking off, realizing how old he is. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> oh, There's Lord. visual evidence on our Instagram feed that I'm apparently 100 years old. <laughs> one, of the best, one of the best Photoshop jobs you've done. The Wilt Chamberlain photo. Oh, yes, I know, I know. That was... Oh, man, I can't even there remember... I can't even remember the context in in which the Wilt Chamberlain thing came up, but guys, you knew it was my birthday, and you and Thomas agreed that you had no idea how old I was. So you went, okay. The photo isn't the hundred. The photo is me holding up a thirty-five through thirty-nine age bracket. Right, but there there was some way that I really don't remember what it was. But basically, we turned you into like, because you know, Wilt Chamberlain was very open about how many women he had been. Oh, with. that's right. And so there was some way in the context of all of that that I was like, maybe Adams like Wilt Chamberlain, and I just can't remember what it is. But 
it was hysterical. I'm not. And then it just became this big thing. Because, yeah, we all we knew was what age group you were in. We didn't know exactly how old you were. And it was funny because Thomas has multiple kids. I have one. You are single, and you were the oldest of all of us. Yes. It's not the way I thought it was going to go. It's just the way it worked out. So, Wilt the Stilt can uh, do weighted (laughs) hip thrusts at 200 pounds. He was getting his workouts different ways. Oh, man. How many webs of weighted hip thrusts can he do? (laughs) I feel like those hips have to be worn out by this point. Yeah. Well, he's dead, so. Yeah. (laughs) R.I.P. This is a cheerful way to finish off this episode. <laughs> yeah. So oh, it's 2020. It's a it's a new year, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna be a better podcast this year than we were last year. That's my goal. If we can do that, I'll be happy. I don't know how we're going to do that, but ah, we'll figure it out. We got a year to do that. Yeah. We we got off on the right foot by missing like the first two weeks. So Yeah. Well hey, you know what though? We managed to we managed to finally get back to it despite the fact that we dealt with multiple technical difficulties and um organizational snafus with AT and T not setting up my damn cable. Yeah. Bastards. Bastards. Sons of bitches. Just all right. Well, uh, I think we're actually going to wrap up a little early today. We are, and you you, had, you were on a time crunch. So. Yeah, I was. So this is perfect. I have enough time to get dressed and go. I think everyone um, would be glad that you have the time to get dressed. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, we're going we're gonna to wrap this up here. But, Adam, do you have any final thoughts as we, uh, as we move into 2020 and what is going to be an amazing – year for yourself myself and everybody listening i just want to wish everybody luck like now that we're finally into the new year and we're through the holidays and people can really start getting into routine i just want to wish everybody luck like it's a we're kind of in this clean slate right now with the new year coming up and i know people are thinking about their goals and i just i wish everybody luck Hope that you guys all stay healthy and you're able to really go after those goals because that's that's certainly what I'm hoping for. Yeah, we we had a few people. Um, I had asked uh, I had asked what people's goals were going mm-hmm. into going into this year, and we we had we had some activity on it, and you know just want to definitely wish these people the best. One of our followers on Twitter, uh, Chris Drager, he's a good dude. He had texted me the other day. Um, he ran his first full at Cleveland uh, last year. And yeah. As he began running again, he he could not get himself going. He could not run consistently for an amount of, any amount of time. And he ended up going to the doctor to get some things looked at. And there was a uh, he was ended up being diagnosed with an issue with one of his heart valves, and kind of knocked him out of running. I think completely for like six weeks. And he's been slowly. Uh, trying to get back to it, mm-hmm. um, but now, uh, now he really feels like he's getting back to it and uh, is hopefully going to uh, be able to uh, 
uh, run Columbus uh, nice. in uh, the fall again nice. in the fall. So that would be really cool. So definitely best of luck to him. Uh, it was just really cool to have him reach out to me kind of unprovoked uh, to, you know, let me know he's doing better and all that. So, yeah, but best of luck to everyone uh, going after those goals. Yeah, stay, stay safe and strong. Uh, you know, listen to your body, find somebody to help you. Yep. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll be along for the ride. If you ever have any questions, definitely reach out to us. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Rust Belt Running. You can find us on Facebook at yeah. Rust Belt Running. Uh, again, Adam is Wheels Up in CLE. I'm Andrew Renzelot. You can find us on all your favorite podcast apps. Uh, and please do feel free to rate us, review us. That's a great way for us to get exposure and uh, maybe we can help somebody uh, fill in some some miles uh, and, and have some advice uh, along the way. So, uh, yeah, man, listen to this close. We are getting right to it so succinct. I'm going to end it. Adam, have, have a good vacation. I'll figure out something to do while you're gone next week so we don't miss yet another week. Uh, we can record it. It might just have to be later in the week. Maybe on your Friday off day. Maybe on my Friday off. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Yeah. But, uh, hey, it, it's, t- it's time to get out there and start running again, start, start training for those spring marathons. So, uh, Adam, listeners, enjoy your miles, everybody. <laughs>